We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye hitting you with a solo recap of the Nets' win over the Utah Jazz, 117-106. The Nets snapped their four-game losing streak, and Kyrie drops 48 points. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But getting right into it, Kyrie Irving was awesome in this game. The Nets needed a huge performance. Has not been great in the absence of Kevin Durant. The team as a whole has not played with the level of engagement intensity you'd like them to play with, especially with their best player being out. But Kyrie stepped up in all facets tonight. As I mentioned, dropped 48, but also had 11 rebounds, three offensive and six assists. Also chipped in defensively, playing with great level of intensity and grabbing four steals. Kyrie was exactly what the Nets wanted tonight. And had probably one of his best games as a net. You know, this could probably go in his top five and not, you know, didn't drop 50. And he's done that plenty of times in a Nets uniform, but had 48 and impacted so many other areas on the court and was out there making his teammates better. You know, I think sometimes that can be a flaw of his game is a focus a little bit too much on the scoring and not necessarily raising the floor of some of his teammates. But tonight he was able to do that and really took the Nets under his wing in that fourth quarter, dropping 21 points. And in his last five quarters of play, Kyrie Irving has 69 points. But this is what they need from him with Kevin Durant out and other guys struggling. You know, other guards not necessarily contributing and or other scoring options not hitting at the same rate that they've hit in the past. And even Ben Simmons not playing at the level that the Nets need him to play with, with Kevin Durant out. And we'll jump into that a little bit later. But again, Kyrie Irving was awesome and had from obviously his best game of this season. But moving on from him, going to Nicholas Claxton, who continues to play really, really well. And not only defensively, but continues to showcase more and more offensively consistently. Now, this is two straight games of 20 points, and Claxton did it in a array of different ways. You know, it wasn't just the wide open dunks, which he did get a couple in this game. We saw him put the ball on the floor, put his shoulder into Walker Kessler's chest, and drop a dunk on him. And then other points in this game, you know, settle down, find his hook shot, get comfortable. And Claxton just also does a really nice job of just running to open space you know that's something that a lot of bigs don't do and showcasing himself that he is open and can you know finish down there or get to the free throw line and tonight four of eight not ideal but not the worst situation continuing to improve offensively and showcase how he can have an impact on the end of the floor but defensively is where he's been elite this season four blocks again tonight and 
showcasing his ability to switch and just improving his overall feel as a defender. You know, I think scram switching has been something he's really excelled at, understanding like, hey, Kyrie's under there with a big, let me get there, let me get that switch, let me be a step ahead. You know, he's reading the entire floor and not just focusing on one singular player. And I think that's why you've seen his overall defensive impact take such a jump this season and go from being a really good defender that could maybe get some mention for the all-defensive team to now being a defensive player of the year candidate and continuing to rise and even showing there's probably another couple gears for him to hit just because of the feel can continue to improve. So really happy with the way Clax is playing. It was a team high plus 29 tonight, and it felt that way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But moving on from Clax, going to Royce O'Neal, making his return to Utah. Finished with 13 points, 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 block, 2 turnovers. Royce was really solid tonight. I think these are the type of performance that you're more than happy with. You know, it's not uh, going to be necessarily be a g- game changer, but he's filling in a role. You know, I think there he is. Maybe you could ask him to approve is just be a little bit more aggressive, you know, either with the dribble or taking the three-point shots. Still a lot of hesitation. And maybe, you know, instead of three of eight, four of eight or five of eight, but we know he's inconsistent in that area. But overall, again, this game is good enough for you to get the win. And Royce was solid enough defensively staying in front of guys and using his physicality. Also another guy who did a nice job switching tonight. Moving over to Joe Harris, you know, first half of this game, Joe had close to zero impact. You know, second half was able to knock down a couple threes, finished three of six from three. There was where his only attempts in the game and had nine points, was plus 19, and had two rebounds and three assists. So Joe in that second half felt a lot more involved, where so in that first half was just kind of filling in minutes. So continuing to try to find his role in the offense and the team incorporating him in that role is going to be important if he's going to be on this team for the rest of the season. You know, if not, then I think it makes sense to look at ideas to trade him because of his contract and the ability of him potentially having at least maybe some value on the market. But again, see how it goes over the the rest of the stretch and how the Nets can utilize him and how he can be part of this team, especially if he's able to find a level of consistency from three. But talking about a player who's been super inconsistent all season and obviously a lot of you know who I'm about to talk about and that's Ben Simmons you know six points in this game three of seven from the field nine rebounds four assists two steals four turnovers did only have one foul which was a positive but Ben was a 
was a neutral. He was a zero in this game, not a plus one, not a minus one, but a zero. And it kind of feels that way watching Ben. You can see these stretches where he has such a great impact and other stretches where he's a negative impact. You know, I think offensively with the dribble handoffs and some of the pick and roll situations, he's such a lack of a threat. It just stagnates the offense, especially when it's with a player that's not dynamic. When it's with Kyrie or KD, you can get away with a guy not necessarily having a huge impact and just giving him that one step and that one extra second. But when it's Seth Curry or Royce O'Neal or Cam Thomas, you're not really generating enough of advantage with Ben Simmons. And it just leads to kind of a stopgap in the offensive possession, wasting time on the shot clock. And other times it just takes too long for it to happen because Ben will pick up his dribble too early in the possession. So a lot of hot and cold from him. You know, defensively, you see some of the positivity, and then other times you see some of the gambles that don't pay off and some of the bad decisions. But again, it's going to be a night-to-night basis with Ben Simmons. We want him to be successful, but it's just consistently all over the place. And until he can find a steady level of play, it's going to be hard to have a high level of confidence in him for the rest of the season and moving to the postseason. But again, Ben could be a long conversation. We're going to move on to the next guy, and that's TJ Warren. Finished with five points in this game, two of four, one of two from three, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block, was minus 10. You know, TJ, I think I've been a little disappointed in his play of late. I think there could be more opportunities, and again, some of that's the team not incorporating him, but some of that's him not being aggressive enough and calling for the ball, making cuts, and finding spots to attack and get to his spots, and I think at times he's playing a little too timid when it comes to physicality, as expected, you know, when someone's coming off an injury and, you know, multiple year absence in the NBA, but Again, I think there's a little bit more wiggle room for him and a better chance that he's going to hit the levels we expect as he just gets more time on the floor this season. So TJ progressing up and down, and maybe that'll improve when the Nets get back home. And obviously when KD gets back on the floor, life gets easier for everyone. And now instead of being a second or third option, you move down to a third or fourth option. But again, I think TJ could be a big part if he's able to find his proper footing and you know, regular feel for NBA basketball. Going over to another guy who's looked to be a scorer with KD being out is Seth Curry. Finished with 10 points, 3 of 8 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, did have 1 turnover. Seth was not very good, I think, in the first three quarters of this game, but hit some timely shots in that fourth quarter, and that does pay off. But again, his defensive issues stick out and his lack of playmaking at times. You know, he had that one bad pass in the fourth quarter where he hesitated to hit Joe in the corner, tried the force to Kyrie at the top of the three-point line after the defender was able to get in position. So sometimes you expect a higher level of decision-making from Seth Curry given his experience in the league and obviously, you know, the basketball pedigree he comes from. But moving over to Cam Thomas, not a good Cam Thomas game. You know, only played six minutes, came in the first quarter, I mean, first half, finished with two points, one of three, two rebounds, but just wasn't locked in defensively, you know, has issues communicating and also just knowing his assignment and the feel for the entire defense. And offensively, you know, him and Seth as a combo in that first half, first half had some rough playmaking. And that's why Edmund Sumner saw some of his minutes in the second half. But again, Sumner really didn't play much either, was really just used as kind of a Kyrie breather in that fourth quarter, finished with one point, 0-2 from the field, 0-1 from three, 1-2 from the free throw line, one rebound. And Sumner is kind of a player that's either going to have it or not have it. And it, it felt like the field just wasn't necessarily there for Sumner in 
tonight's game. But we'll see what happens as you know they progress to the next matchup. Yusha Watanabe has also kind of you know production and expectations have fallen down a little bit with KD being out. Finished with three points, one of three from the field, one of three from three. Those were his only stats. And defensively, is a bit of hot and cold, you know. And as a role player that signed for a veteran minimum, we didn't expect him to maintain that three-point percentage all year long. But I think some of the other areas, you expected him to be a little bit more impactful, especially in 13 minutes, you know, maybe one rebound, one assist, or a steal or a block or something along those lines. And I think he's starting to wear down a little bit. We'll see if he can kind of get back up to the level he was playing, you know, in December and November. But overall, you know, a lot of guys played good enough tonight, especially when you have Kyrie Irving going ham and having a superstar performance and, you know, carrying the team throughout the game, but taking it to another level in that fourth quarter. And Nick Claxton essentially playing at a star level. You know, you got solid role player performances from Royce O'Neal. You know, you probably got a solid second half from Joe Harris. You got a solid, you know, final minutes from Seth Curry. You know, TJ Warren hit a bucket or two. You know, there were there were points in the game where it's like, okay, this this is enough, especially against a Jazz team that's not amazing. And then they have guys that have been overperforming all season. And I thought the Nets did a, a nice job of making life difficult for them at times defensively. You know, when they weren't having miscues, you know, the Jazz only going 37 of 88 from the field, shooting 42% from three. I mean, 42% from the field. That, that's a successful night. And offensively for the Nets, I think there was just a better flow. There was more activity, more ball movement, guys just looking to you know, take shots and make plays where other nights it's been timid and just consistently looking at Kyrie. You know, 43 of 80 from the field, 18 of 41 from three, you know, generated a lot of three-point attempts uh, given 15 did come from Kyrie Irving. But another huge stat for the Nets tonight, nine turnovers, you know, and a couple of them did come in the fourth quarter. So for majority of the game, they played very mistake-free basketball, you know, not turning the ball over. So credit them for that. And overall, you know, you're happy with the performance and it's a win that was really needed for this squad. And Jock Vaughn, again, not perfect, but I think you do like to see the incorporation of zone defense, especially against some of these Team these these younger teams that don't have you know seasoned vets or seasoned stars you know I think you can find possessions to confuse them just a bit to give you a chance to go on those runs or even maintain a lead or a gap while one of your stars is on the bench so uh, a good performance a bounce bounce performance from the Nets and before we get out of here just a quick look at the standings Nets now sitting at 28 and 17 one game behind the Sixers one game behind the Bucks in the 2 seed five and a half games behind the Celtics but progress with a win tonight going into Golden State on Sunday night a game in which Kyrie almost stole his own last season after that in Philadelphia back home on the 26th against Detroit for another back to back and then we see the Knicks on January 28th so We'll probably get some level of update on Kevin Durant this upcoming week. There was mention that it would happen early in the week. We'll see what happens on that front. You know, you would anticipate even if KD is fully healthy, he would need a level of practice for maybe a week and getting back to five on five. It seems that's been the rule for the Nets in the past. Obviously, KD kind of set some of his own rules given how much the team relies on him and his commitment to getting back on the floor as well. We'll see what happens on the trade front. The Nets obviously need to make some upgrades, need to probably find another level of consistency and another guy they can count on offensively when you know Kyrie or Kevin Durant aren't having a great game. You know, there's a chance 
as I mentioned, maybe TJ Warren could be that guy, but you haven't seen enough progress so far, and you probably won't see enough progress before the trade deadline to feel confident that he can be that scoring option. Seth Curry, you know, has been inconsistent himself and also a liability defensively. Ben Simmons all over the place and has never been that offensive scoring option. And even as much as Clax has improved, he's still relying on others to create for him. And Joe Harris hasn't had a big enough role in this offense to be considered that big of offensive threat going later into the season and into a playoff run. So the Nets need to figure out what they have, where they need to upgrade, and what type of moves Sean Marks can make in the next few weeks before the trade deadline approaches because it's clear they're a player or two away from having a true chance at winning a championship this season. But overall, happy with the win. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms.